Off we go. Good morning, everyone. Full episode we've done in a little while. Everybody got up and ready for their normal day today. I'm walking with Miss Ripley, who, being a Cocker Spaniel, was so afraid of the idea of going out for a walk that she had to submissively pee all over the floor. That would sound like a bad thing, except that you get used to it. I mean, this is how she things that she's happy about. Anyway, so, yay. It's about 32, degree, 32 degrees out today. It's a bit chillier than normal, luckily. Today, I remembered my gloves. Uh, I'm not sure if wearing the Vibram toe shoes was a good idea, but... I've been having a lot of trouble. I may have mentioned how those previous shoes mess with my feet. Well, I've been having a lot of trouble with my feet getting back to normal. So I'm trying to wear these toe shoes to get back to normal. Hope that'll work out. Anyway, while with it being incredibly cold, may not be such a good plan. We'll find out. Ah, let's see. So, we haven't done a real episode in a few days. Had Saturday and Sunday off. Today, normally, would be going back to work, but it's Veterans Day. Yay! Here comes a puppy. Miss Ripley and I are going to take the other side. Um, yeah, Veterans Day. So, today is the day that we... Thank those who made a promise and stood on a wall and said, you can sleep tight tonight. It's worth noting, now that my wife would want me to point that out, that this is not a day for remembering the people who died in this war or that war. We call that a memorial. And we have Memorial Day. Today is Veterans Day. It's the day for those who swore to help, who swore an oath, and not those who died saving us. Don't get me wrong, those who died saving us are a vastly important part of our armed forces that we should recognize, and we do recognize, but, well, as the husband of a veteran, I can tell you she gets a little bit worked up when people say, you know, Happy Veterans Day thanks to all those who fell at Iwo Jima or those who fell in the World War II. And she's sitting there going like, what about those of us who stayed up? Anyway. So yeah. You want to do something nice for Veterans Day? Be nice to a veteran. Sadly, there are many of them out there who could use your help. Anyway, I don't know if you saw the video, but there's a uh, thing going around where they took a homeless alcoholic vet, sat him down in a studio, had him manicured and cleaned and hairdresser worked on him and 
they worked on his uh, got him a suit all that kind of stuff and said that uh, a few weeks after that he had job interviews and he was in AA and stuff like that just basically saying you take some time to help help these guys out just a little bit give them a hand up makes a world of difference so it's a great video if you haven't seen it you should look it up anyway alright so I've been wanting to tell you guys about Google Glass because I'm getting one and I'll tell you from a financial standpoint it was a big jump it was a big decision because it's about fifteen hundred dollars and let me tell you you don't want to spend the cost of a entire computer on one peripheral so it's a big decision all the same there's something very very alluring about it but the biggest thing is you know that moment where you are going through the uh, uh, groceries. You just got home from the grocery store. You're unpacking everything out of the trunk. Your kid's staying up late. She's happy that she's able to stay up late. She's giddy and dancing around for a moment with a bag of eggs in each hand. She does a little pirouette and it is just achingly cute. And you think to yourself, geez, I wish I could just take this moment and just hold on to this. Something I could share with others. Something I can hold on to and remember all of my days. And you try. You think to yourself, think about what it looks like. Think about how she looks. Remember this moment. Because it's one of those beautiful moments It's family, and it's like the heart of the reason we do this. And it's so important. But if you whip out your phone, switch over to the camera app, unlock the phone, wait for it to initialize, and then grab the picture, I guarantee you it's lost. If for no other reason, then, your child has seen you do this and has one of two reactions. Either one, yay, they're paying attention to me, they're looking at me, I need to look cute. So she goes, that is fake, and you've seen a thousand times, and it's not what you were hoping to capture. Or two, I was just unselfconsciously enjoying time and now you've turned this into a into a photo shoot and they get sullen 
and they say, I don't want you taking pictures of me right now. And they say, I'll get back to putting away the groceries. You destroy the food completely. But, with Google Maps, and don't get me wrong, I know it's got all kinds of other features, like the mapping software, and, and chances are it's probably going to ch- in this podcast. Can you imagine if I started doing it as a video every day? That'd probably be pretty annoying. Nobody wants to sit and watch this. Anyway, it's probably going to change a lot of things in my life. But, because it is a disruptive technology. It's a very new thing. And while I believe that it won't stay in its current form forever, I think this is the disruptive technology that will help define how we go forth and do new technologies. This is part of the new way that we interact with computers and with each other. So, anyway, um, yeah, I've got a friend, the friend who uh, got me the invite last, and I asked her, what should I keep, what should I know, what should I keep my eye out for, if you'll pardon the pun, and she said, well, first, the coolest thing is that you're always on, you are always connected. Like right now, walking along, I get a notification, I have the opportunity to look at it. Probably wouldn't while I'm walking, but but it's there. If I was in the middle of a chat, I could continue the chat. If I wanted to look up something, maybe it would help with the podcast, I could do that. Again, without whipping up my phone, waiting for it to get a connection, seeing what what kind of service we have wherever I am at the given moment. All that kind of stuff that we get with phones. And maybe I'm more bitter about it than others because I generally have really rotten cell connection. Once we get some money, I'm thinking about switching to another carrier, something that's better supported in this area. But anyway, um, so she said the coolest thing was being always on. Brings you much closer to the internet, and by extension, much closer to your friends, which is a very sci-fi concept. The always on, closer to everything kind of thing. Because you know, that's the goal. Technologically speaking, everything else we do, bioengineering, human studies, all of it has one goal in mind. Better communication between human beings. 
That's immortality. Anyway. I'm prattling now. So she said, yeah, you have to watch out for... I mean, you're going to be always on, and you have to watch out for hecklers. And I'm ready for that. I think I'm better prepared than most people. Partially because I started out in theater, and God knows you get your uh, fair share of hecklers there. But also there's the fact that I'm a six-foot guy, six-foot tall guy, 200 pounds, with the beard and the bald head and everything. Makes it a little harder for people to get up in your face and smack it off your head. She said one person shouted, or possibly more, shouted, Blur my face! As though we really wanted your face. I keep thinking about that. I keep thinking there's got to be a great retort. So far, the best I've come up with is, I couldn't do any worse than nature's done. But even that's engaging. And you don't want to engage. You want to get on with your life. Anyway, so... Gotta keep the eye out for Acklers. I'm thinking, given that, you know, I did a quick canvas and in my little group, almost zero people had ever seen anyone in the wild with Google Glass. So, I keep thinking more often, the response I'm gonna get is, the same one I get from the uh, Vibram toe shoes, which, man, people are just amazed by the shoes. I was at Kennedy Space Center, standing 20 feet away from Space Shuttle Atlantis. I mean, this thing had gone into space and come back multiple times. And when you're standing right there, you realize this isn't crazy space-age polymers and all that. You look at it and you go like, this is a real thing. This is made of the same stuff you see here on Earth. This is not sci-fi. I mean, well, it's not. It's science. It's real science. It's true. It's not Star Trek, and it's not crazy, crazy futurism. You're standing right next to it, and, you, and it's humbling. It's so humbling to be standing next to a piece of history like that. And then the guy next to you goes, So how do you put those things on? You're like, what? Like, those shoes. Those, that, that's wild, man. That's just crazy. And the, um... Well, you put your foot in it, I guess. I'm not sure I understand the question. By the way, did you notice this amazing, massive, multi-million dollar machine next to us? Anyway. I know that's just me being catty again, but... But it happens a lot. That's what's so weird. 
kind of surprised it hasn't happened during the morning walk yet. Somebody just walking by. It's like, hey, what's with those crazy shoes? <sighs> Speaking of which, they talk about the big health benefits of it. I haven't tried running in these, and I'm not sure I'd really want to. But uh, for walking, they feel okay. Certainly doesn't hurt as much as the uh, last pair did. Did, uh, but uh, yeah, the Vibram toe shoes. I haven't noticed any major health benefit. I mean, it's not like walking on air or anything, but that's sort of part of the point. It's supposed to be like walking barefoot only, without getting tetanus when you accidentally walk over a tack or something. Safer, I guess. That's the point. It's barefoot, safer, and you can walk into a 7-Eleven without people giving you crap about it. Yes, I'm walking into a 7-Eleven mostly barefoot, but not really. Anyway, so, what were we talking about? It's an even more beautiful day now than it was when I got up. When I got up, but darker. I got about 900 words, 950 this morning. So not bad. I'm definitely going to work on it though because it's not about the 950 today. It's about the uh, 700 yesterday or the 800 the day before. Let me tell you, when you're a writer and you're still working a full-time job, you always say, oh, this weekend, man, I'm going to power through. I'm going to get... I'm going to do like two or three sprints during the day. Just take an hour here and there because it's a weekend. I got all the hours I want. I'm going to get 5,000 words done every day this weekend. And you don't. You don't do that. Instead, Sorry about that. Sorry for the delay. Computer lady says we've now walked a mile. Turning back. Um, yeah. So you say, I'm going to write 5,000 words a day. Then you get to the actual weekend and it's just like, we got all this time. What are we going to do? Well, we've got a list of things we need to do. i got to go buy a toilet seat. We need to buy suit jacket. Partially because at work, people think it's a little weird to be wearing a biker jacket. And I'll admit, I spend a goodly amount of my time thinking, I don't care what people think. That's how I got through my teen years. But particularly about clothes. If I like the way I look, I could give a damn what the... Uh, rest of the office thinks. But it's starting to become a productivity thing. I think I'm... I mean, I, I don't mind standing out, but there's a certain point where you become a distraction. And as much of people saying, 
It's a distraction. That's where you realize, you know what, I think I'm distracting people. Let's get back to what the meeting's about. Talk less about how ghetto I look. I got that comment last week, two weeks ago. Wow, looking pretty ghetto there. Pretty gangster. Which I thought was odd. Partially because I've never really associated Schwarzenegger's jacket from Terminator 2 with ghetto. To me, that's always been pretty hardcore. I was thinking I should take it by a gun range and put some bullets in the back of it. You know, for authenticity. But man, if people are talking about it now, imagine what they'd say with bullet holes in it. Anyway, um, so yeah, you're planning on writing 5,000 words a day, but then you've got to go get a few things. I wanted to get a mic, a better microphone, for the morning walk, because if I can do that, I could use a better tech system and hopefully not get that crazy distortion that's cutting out audio. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to go do that. In order to do that, I had to go to Best Buy. The only Best Buy in the area is in the middle of a mall. And it's a mall that just opened up a casino. So, you got three-day weekend for Veterans Day. You've got mall parking close to Christmas. And yeah, I know, we're not close to Christmas, but, you know, tell the retailers that. Tell all the people who are dealing with sales because the retailers are panicking and starting Christmas as early as they possibly can. Tell the PA system it's playing jingle bells as you walk through the mall. Anyway, so... Yeah, Christmas season, going to the mall, near a casino, and suddenly you say, hey, I can't find parking. <sighs> so I need a picture. Hey Ripley, sit, girl, St stay, good puppy, Ripley. Day. Be good girl. Trick her to uh, take. Once again, guided by everything and nuts. It still They're staring at me. It's quite boring to Miss Ris Miss Ripley. I'm straight. You say you're going to write five thousand words a day. Then you need to go out and do just a few things. We need to cash that cash. Legal needs to. We have to go and buy a $5 mic supplier who happens to be in a mall that is packed half a mile. All. 
where the whole black leather get and shaved head starts working to your favor. Because at that point, you are able to cut through most of the gridlock while standing in the middle of the mall. So, uh, after you and you feel like you've really accomplished 5,000 words to do. But, it's really... I should... It's the weekend. I'm supposed to relax. And you sit down. Have something to eat, maybe. Because that's when you realize I haven't had anything to eat all day. You'd think I would have. I've got plenty of time. It's the weekend. You sit down. Maybe you play a video game. And then suddenly it's 8 p.m. Well, wow. Did we miss dinner? Well, not really, but kind of, because it's weekend with no schedule. Food. Or better still, we're nice. Yeah, it's a so little one will be staying up. Oh, but it's the weekend. She can sleep in late tomorrow. We're nice. Nice. You have something nice to eat. Speaking of which, I just found out that Buca de Beppo is in Washington, D.C. And... Man, that is one of my favorite chain restaurants. Massive expensive, but that's because they give you like a week's worth of food. And if you're clever, you can make it last a week and then you don't feel so bad. It's defraying the cost. And oh, it's such awesome food. And the, you know, the environment that they put you in, uh, like a table inside their kitchen where you can sit there and you can watch people running around and swearing at each other. So, that's fun. Anyway, so then you come back from your dinner and you feel like you've really accomplished something. After all, you bought a toilet seat and a $5 microphone that doesn't actually fit with your sound recording device, so you're going to have to take it back on Monday. And... You've been able to relax. You took some time. You rested. And you had a nice meal. You got to go out, have a nice meal. But now it's 10.30. Wow, it's a bit much. Now it's 9.30. Because it was 8 when you left. And of course, gotta get the little one to sleep. Because it's 9.30. She's staying up late. And she's whining about how she should be able to stay up all night it's weekend and you're saying no no little one I say and so then you get into an argument which makes it about 10 and then there you are 10 o'clock and uh, little white puppy is fighting for the right to bark at us And they're away in hell. Five thousand words written. And you think, well, you know, Saturday, plate will be my work day. Then on Sunday, it's a whole lot of, this is the weekend. I'm resting. 
I gotta go back to work tomorrow. I wanna take some time, because yesterday was so filled with stuff. I mean, you remember that parking lot? I think they killed the guy. And uh, so you go like, well, yesterday was a busy day. Today I'm going to rest. And because there's no schedule, you find yourself saying, why should I, you know, why do I have to do it right now? I can do it later, and I can do it later, and I can do it later. So anyway, long and short of it is, we had short walks this weekend, and I got 700 words done on Sunday, 800 on Saturday, so I'm owing like 500 on top of the 1,000 that I've already done today. Excuse me. Come on, baby. Pass through a Pasolatines. Waiting for their bus. Because they have to go to school. I don't have to do anything. Woohoo! Because today is a rest day. I'm going to get 5,000 words written. <sighs> yeah, probably not. But I'm going to try. At the very least, I'm going to get caught up on my word count. I'm going to get that 1,000 a day just by doing an extra 500 today. I can do that, right? I can do that in half an hour. 500 words, that's nothing. As long as I remember to sit and do it. You know, the biggest jip in the world is writing self-help books. Because there's like two rules to good writing. One, Sit down and write. Two, don't talk to me until you've got a million words on a page. That's ten novels. One hundred thousand words. And all the stuff I've read about characterization and voice and present tense and... spelling and the importance of editors and the importance of this and how good cover design is blah 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 blah. In the end... All of that will come as long as you follow one rule. Put one million words on paper, then you're a writer. Funny thing is, I imagine most of us have already done it. I imagine most of us have already sat down and written a million words through school essays. and reports, and Twitter, and Facebook, and email. I've probably written a million lines just in code. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about one million words that are attempting to be serious published writing. 
fiction, non-fiction, doesn't matter. When you're writing books, that's different. And when you've written one million words, to my mind, when you've written one million words, you're ready. You're ready to worry about tone and voice and tense and all that other stuff. Because when you've written a million words and tried to get them published, you know, you know what problems you run into, what pitfalls you hit. <coughs> and personally, I'm a big fan of editing through reading out loud. To that end, I'm making an audiobook of all of my books. I mean, I'm personally making, I'm sitting in the seat and editing by reading it. And when I do so, I find a lot of errors that I wouldn't have normally noticed. I also find that I am quite a fan of alliteration. I don't notice it when I'm writing, but I'll find a string of seven to ten words, all starting with the letter P, and think, how did I even do that? I was recording audio yesterday, and uh, one of the characters that I'm writing for is a political dissident musician. He's actually a rap star. His name is Just Cuz. And uh, I got to read for him, which meant that I'm reading rap. And of course, I'm not a rap star. I'm not a musician. But man, that was fun. It was fun in the writing, and it was fun in the reading. I'm actually looking forward to making that part of the audiobook because I figure I'm going to put in some uh, echo. I want to kind of get a drum beat going along with it, but I don't know if that's too much. Play with GarageBand or something. See if I can do it. But again, not spending a lot of time on that because the goal is to get words down. That is my goal. That is my quest to follow that star. Nathan gets upset sometimes, says that I should be doing better than I am doing with the amount that I've written and the quality of the work should be doing, should be selling better than it is. And I feel bad for him because I know, I feel deep down inside that the main problem is I just don't have the books. I mean, he didn't start selling until he had, what, six, seven? I've got maybe four from completely different universes. It's apples and oranges. So I'm okay waiting my turn, putting in the hours, and just getting to that point. All right, speaking of getting to that point, we've reached the house. The point where we would say, okay, glass, stop.
Anyway, that's...